Welcome to the Creator Files podcast. I'm your host, Julia, and today we have Ricky with us. First, we want to just tell you what this podcast is all about. We have a few goals. One of them is that we love experimenting with things and trying new challenges. And so we really want to have a platform where we can take you along on those experiments and kind of update you as we go and even give you a chance to make content along with us using the strategies that we discover during the experiments. Another way we're doing that. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like there's so much that we just kind of do and try that we never get to talk about publicly because it like doesn't make it into a YouTube video and we just don't have a great outlet for it. We talk about a lot of, a lot of things in our podcast for our members, but like I just, anyway, I'm excited for this. Yeah, it'll be a great chance. And we want to collaborate with other creators too and get their opinion on what's working and then test out some of what they are using as their strategies Yeah, we're really, really excited um, to finally have a public podcast. And it will be different than our members' podcasts, um, quite a bit different. Yeah. Um, What would you say the biggest differences are on that? Um, I think with this one is the the members' podcast is really like the things we're kind of doing and discussing and the things that our members are most concerned about. That's kind of where we put our focus. Here, I think we're going to be taking a much more deliberate approach just like we we're going to specifically challenge ourselves to do certain things. We're going to take on specific projects and put a little bit more structure behind that. We're going to do experiments. And then knowing that we have this platform to talk about that on, it's going to, first of all, I think help us to stay more structured and follow through on a lot of these experiments and challenges that we are are doing anyway. Um, But I think that's where it is, you know, with, with the members podcast, it's just, it's a lot more about where our members are, and the things that they're facing right now, that's what we're talking about here. It's more like, you know, what can you do? What's possible? Let's try to open up the our minds to the possibilities of what kind of what's available to us as content creators. Yeah, absolutely. And so our first challenge is a YouTube focused one on a fairly new channel. We have brand new, you might say. Um, in this channel, we are not talking about publicly we're not saying the actual name of the channel of the channel yet because we want it to grow organically mm-hmm. and the only way with our size audience between income school and channel makers and now this podcast the only way for it to grow organically is if we don't tell you what the what channel is. name is yes so um that part's a secret but we're going to try to tell you as much as we can along the way and ricky right. why don't you tell us what this challenge is yeah so this is uh, first of all it's tied to the project double time that I started at the beginning of the year um, that, I mean, it wasn't ever just a blogging challenge. YouTube was always going to be part of the strategy. Um, But now I'm going to like take it a lot further (laughs) than I originally planned to. So what this challenge is, is uh, right now there's no content on the channel. It is brand new. Um, I, over the course of the last you know, since the beginning of the year, I've been writing content for in this niche. I have photos, I have B-roll footage of some stuff, but I haven't, I hadn't made any videos or anything. And so what I wanted to do is in the month of August, I wanted to film 30 videos, basically a video a day. Um, and then the goal would have been to publish those videos over the course of about 30 days as well. But then it occurred to me that because of the niche and some of the content that I'm filming, that that's maybe waiting too long. So now I've, I've adapted the challenge um, because some of it, it's like 
to create the content for the content to be useful, I have to put it out basically like almost as I'm creating it in some cases. Because so, of seasonality. Seasonality stuff. Yeah, it's very it's very timely. It, it just, there's kind of a narrow window where it's, it's really valuable. People might watch it and it's not all of it, but some of the content, it's really important that I get it out this month. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. So I started creating the content. I started filming videos at the beginning of the month um, and Today, as of recording, I mean, it's the 17th and I've done, uh, I think, 10. So I'm a little bit behind the 30, but I'm not too far behind. And I have a bunch more kind of planned and ready. So, uh, which is kind of the first part, by the way, like making a video starts at planning, right? So if I have 20 planned, but only 10 filmed, I'm probably actually about right on schedule, I think. Um, But originally I was planning to film them all in August start editing them and stuff. And then by September 1st, I would start publishing them September 1st through 30th. Um, but uh, well, and so then I would have some edited ahead of time and then I would just kind of edit as needed throughout the month of September and we're, we're golden. But because I just bumped this up a bit, I'm going to be um, publishing videos starting next Monday. So I have like 10 filmed and uh, one basically edited And so (laughs) I'm going to have to start like editing a bunch this week while still filming. And then it'll be kind of like a rolling thing where I'm publishing videos, but I'm, I'm needing to plan film and edit to keep up with that. So starting Monday, 30 days of videos uh, being published on the channel. And it is going to be a daily publishing. So it's not just 30 within the 30 30 days, 30 days Uh for 30 days. I publish daily, not missing a day. Yeah. Awesome. And so that we talked about is kind of like the first level of success that we're kind of measuring that if you don't miss a day, then we will consider this challenge a success. Right. Of course, there are other outcomes we're hoping to get to. We'll talk about that in a second. Really quick, though, let's talk about shorts because I know you're going to be doing some shorts, but you don't want it to be an excuse of, okay, well, I, I don't have time today, so it's just a short. Yeah. Why don't I just take that one video I filmed and cut it into 10 shorts and we'll call it good. No, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, so I decided that less than 20% of the videos. So, I mean, that's up to six videos. Mm-hmm. As of now, I filmed one short. And my plan is if I'm going to do shorts, it's going to be a short on purpose. It's going to be dedicated to be a short because I want it to be a short. And it can point to, it'll have some value for the channel. I think it's really easy to create shorts with the intent to get lots of views for the short. But then that short doesn't support any of the other goals of the channel because this challenge is tied to my project double time. There's a monetary outcome that I'm searching for by the end of this year. Right? Um, so I, it's not just about making a channel and getting lots of views or even lots of subscribers. It's about making an income from this channel and blog this year. Yeah. Really quick. Let's just talk about project double time. I think yeah. a lot of our audience has heard of it already, uh-huh. but let's go over it one more time. Yep. The, Project Double Time was in, basically it's a challenge to do what we would normally do in 24 months, which is get to a full-time content business within 24 months. Um, full-time, the the number we're using is $4,000 in a single month. Um, that's just kind of a nice round number to use. And the goal is crash that down into a one-year time frame. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of blog content throughout the year so far, hadn't started the YouTube further behind on the blog content that I'd like to be. And so now it's like, okay, we got to get, go all in. 
on content. And so this month I'm highly focused on on the video content. Yeah. We've had a lot of crazy things going on yeah. around here. I think from school this year, I can very attest to that. <laughs> yeah. So it's understandable that you're behind. Um, but I think that's really interesting um, perspective that because you're behind, you're deciding to do this YouTube challenge. And mm-hmm. even though you were already going to do YouTube, you are deciding to go a little bit harder on YouTube than you would have before to yeah. kind of make up for lost time. Yeah. Video content has the capability, YouTube as a platform really, um, it spreads a lot faster. I can make a very search friendly video and it can be ranking on YouTube search tomorrow. Whereas with a brand new website, and I'm talking on a brand new channel, right? On a brand new website, that's not the case. You publish your first article and it can take months. And if you only have one article, it might never, ever, ever even make it into Google's index. It's just, we've so many times made channels where we put like five videos that were just like very search friendly. Somebody's like, how do I do this in my niche? How do I um, change the oil on my dirt bike? Whatever. And it's like, there it is. There's a video. And over the course of years, they get hundreds of thousands of views on channels that don't have more than five videos. Uh, And that's happened so many times. It's not every video, but like out of five, like one out of five will literally be in the hundreds of thousands of views in many cases. Um, so it, it, it works really well. Um, but also because of the spreadability, the way that YouTube shares your content. So it's like, I get some search friendly content out there, but then my other content, YouTube's like, oh, well, this is the audience that likes your videos. And they just give them more and more and more. It's, it's very different and very quick growth compared to a blog. And so if we're in a time crunch, rather than going out and like trying to build tons of links on my blog or something like that, um, yes, I'll probably do some industry outreach. I'll probably talk to some other podcasters, maybe be on some podcasts um, in that industry, um, that kind of stuff. But none of that's going to have the same quick growth that we can get with a YouTube channel. And when you have a good YouTube channel, it's really easy to make a video that points viewers toward a great piece of content on the blog. And then that piece of content suddenly shoots up in the rankings, gets lots of traffic and starts getting organic Google traffic from there. Uh, We've done that so many times that it's incredible. We'll take an article on a new website. In fact, um, a couple years ago, we started uh, the blog to go along with the Backfire YouTube channel. That was a case study channel that Jim and I made a few years ago that is now his full-time business, right? That's what he does. We started the blog and the like within the first three months of the blog, it went from brand new website to 100,000 page views a month of Google traffic because there was a YouTube channel already that pointed people to the content on the blog. And so now we're, we're crashing that down into a very short time frame. And I'm not expecting that kind of sudden result because it's going to be a brand new channel. But it's a similar strategy. But that's the strategy. And so... How much of the content do you plan for this month, if you're even being specific about it, do you hope is going to be search focused or are you planning to be search focused versus just high spreadability on the homepage and things like that? Yeah, I think think most of the videos, well, at least half probably, Mm -hmm. will will have something in them that does answer a specific search query. But all of the videos, I also intend to to make them um, 
connection friendly, make them interesting to watch so that even if they just showed up in someone's feed and they had a mild interest, they would potentially want to watch him. The goal with every video, whether or not um, it's kind of search focused, I think the goal with every video is to, you know, create a bit of a relationship with the viewer so that they would want to subscribe. It doesn't do me a lot of good to make totally search focused videos that are just a very helpful but dry tutorial where people are like, oh, cool, that was super helpful, thanks. And then they leave and they Bye. don't even remember <laughs> what channel they watched it on. I'd rather make sure that in every video it's like just really clear, you know, this is what we do here, this is what we're all about. If you have interest in this topic at all, this is where you're gonna find more content. And one of the things I'm hoping to get out of publishing so much content quickly is that within a week of publishing on the channel, there will be a, at least a small library now of content so that when people watch one video, if they do go check out the channel, they'll see, oh, there's other stuff and oh, it's coming quickly. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard if you're gonna start with like a weekly publishing schedule because it takes like a year before you, well, not a year, but you know, half a year yeah. before you have a reasonable size library. I'm gonna have a half a year size library of weekly videos in one month. And I think that is gonna be something that causes people to have a reason to want to subscribe. Yeah, really increases the subscribability because yeah. if even if, you know, you go to a channel and you see, okay, there's three videos, I think a lot of people don't even bother to notice when the first one was published. Right. They wouldn't even bother to notice, oh, but that's still weekly, so there's going to be one next week. I think often they just kind of think, yeah. oh, there's well, a lot a of videos. Channel. It's a yeah. new channel. Yeah. So that'll help a lot. It's exciting. Yeah. Are you anticipating any specific results? Aside from, I mean, we have the input goal, right? Of yeah. you're just going to publish. And that that is what we're considering a success for this challenge. Uh -huh. What are you hoping is kind of the output? Yeah, I think the, the main thing is, oh, it's hard to put specific numbers around it. But I would think that if the channel were to hit the monetization requirements, right? 4,000 watch hours, 1,000. Now, I, I know if there's an earlier monetization step, but full monetization, right? Mm -hmm. um, 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 watch hours. If we hit that, then by, you know, one month after the 30th video is out there, I think that would be pretty great. I think that'd be a nice success. We've done it that fast before. Um, backfire was less than two months um, from the first video till it was first video published until it was uh, monetized. Um, I think that would be fantastic. I think it'd be even cooler if it was within the first month. Um, but it's hard to say. It's hard to know what it's going to do. But that's, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to hit those kind of monetization, hit the monetization number at least um, by the end of October. Do you remember how many videos Backfire had on it when you reached the monetization? I think only like six or seven. Wow. Um, but again, at the time we made videos that were really timely for that season. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we knew there would be search volume for those videos, but again, we made them in a way to try to make them interesting so that people would want to come back. So in addition to the watch hours, we got the subscribers. Um, I find that most people, by the way, when they're trying to get to those monetization numbers, they usually hit one or the other for me, for us, it was like, yeah, by the time I hit a thousand subscribers, I have way uh, the 4,000 watch hours isn't even a problem. I've said that before. And then I've had people be like, what are you talking about? I have 2000 subscribers and I don't get the watch hours. So it's oftentimes it's one or the other, right? We've always 
had less trouble getting the watch time. And I think, um, I think that's just because the, the kind of videos we make are usually pretty information heavy. We come from a background of teaching blogging and YouTube and stuff, right? So even when we make videos on other topics, they're very information focused. So we, we get away with making 12 minute videos. So the average watch time, still only five to six minutes per view, but that's long. How many people are making four minute videos and getting a watch time of one minute average? Right. It's really common. And so it just, I don't know. I don't think I'm, we're going to have any trouble hitting that. So yeah. as long as you can make it so that people want or need to watch more of it and you make it interesting enough that they would want to subscribe for more, then you're not going to have any trouble hitting those numbers as long as those videos can get viewed by enough people. Sure. And I think a key difference too with your strategies that you've done in the past is you're uh, very specific about your niche and your mm -hmm. audience Right. And you make videos that people are going to want to watch every video on the channel That's is true. usually the goal. I think often content creators, especially people who are less experienced, they'll jump around a little bit. Maybe they're still figuring out what, what they want their topic to be, who yeah. their audience is. And then you might get a few subscribers to each video. But if those subscribers aren't watching the other videos, you're not going to have the same watch time that you typically see. Right. And so I think that's a really good sign that your audience likes every video or maybe most videos or at least multiple videos and just the one they clicked on if right. you're getting those watch hours faster than the subscribers. Yeah, I'm a little bit, that's one of my concerns with this current channel mm -hmm. because it is, I am going into a really big industry and it's a really big topic. And I'm trying to walk that line between getting pigeonholed into just one little piece of it and going so, but going so broad that, you know, there's not a lot of continuity for people watching one video and then the next, um, because of the seasonality of aspects of the topic, you know, I am kind of going a little heavy on one piece of it, but I'm also going to be mixing in other videos that to some people in the audience might feel totally unrelated but I'm doing that to be careful. I just don't want, I don't want people to think, oh, this is a channel about this one small piece of the niche. Mm -hmm. um, and I, so I think it's important that I include the other stuff so that we, so that YouTube gets the audience right from the beginning. But it could mean that, you know, it kind of selects out some people that might've watched some of those first videos. Um, but but who wouldn't be interested in the other stuff. Yeah, it is a little risky. Yeah. And we're going to talk in future episodes about some specific strategies we're going to implement to try to right. kind of counter that risk. But I think it's still there. And yeah. I mean, if I were to hear that without knowing anything else, that, okay, the, the challenge, maybe you were successful with the publishing rate, but we didn't get the same amount of subscribers and watch hours as we had hoped, I think I would probably guess that that's the reason. So yeah, it's a little scary, but we're going to go for it and see what happens. And um, we're going to learn from it. Whatever happens, we'll learn if our strategies work well enough or if it's just too risky to start off a channel like that. Or maybe we find out that it is really risky and that that is a problem, but long-term it works itself out. Yeah. I think that's something too that content creators need to be aware of is that we often get hung up in strategies to get there as quickly as we can and in large part, because as content creators, we do the work up front, hoping that there's going to be the reward for it eventually, right? So we don't want it to take forever. The problem is that it's really easy to give up long-term, 
like a much better outcome in the future to because you're you're trying to use strategies to get there as fast as, fast as possible. Uh, it's really common in all business. People do it all the time. Um, but I think as content creators, it's it's an easy trap to fall into. Uh, playing the long game, you you'll win out. Um, but it's scarier when it's not guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the longer I'm immersed in content creation, the more I just realize it has to be a long game because you're never really going to arrive. You know, maybe eventually you'll even get to the point where you can quit your full-time job uh-huh. and do content creation full-time, but you're, you're always going to have to do it. It's unless you sell your website or something, it's never completely passive, right? especially with YouTube, right. far from passive. Right. And so you have to get in the habit of thinking long-term, thinking what's going to work, what you can maintain on a regular basis. Yeah, fun challenges, a 30-day burst, sure, because we're not planning on maintaining that forever. Right, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think that that's just, it's a good habit to get into of thinking what's going to benefit me most long-term, not just thinking there's some goal post that you're trying to right. reach and it doesn't matter what you do to get there. And that's why, for me, the most important goal and like this will be a success if I publish daily for 30 days. Mm-hmm. I do hope for and want certain outcomes. And in fact, you know, this is a challenge. And so, you know, I would love, like, I want to see, and maybe that's kind of the outcome goalpost we set is like, you know, maybe, maybe it's even that at the end of the challenge, we hit at least one of the two monetization requirements, right? Yeah. Either the, the thousand subscribers or the watch time. Right. Um, and the next goal post is that by the end of one more month, so not even end of October, right? It's going to be two thirds of the way through October, right? Around what is it? I'm starting to publish August 21st. Um, that will be my first published date. And so by October 21st, monetized. That's that's uh, that's the outcome goal. October I'm 21st. I'm, I'm drawing. I'm writing that number down as as what we're what we're shooting for. But again. The challenge is success if we accomplish publishing for 30 days and the content is content that I'm proud of, not embarrassed by. I'm going to add that caveat. Yes, absolutely. And that's another direction I think that are, uh, I think people often, it's so easy to just go too far one way or the other. You either go too far obsessing over quality, then you're procrastinating because it's overwhelming and terrifying to try to get out a perfect video. And so then you're not publishing enough or you get so fed up with that, that you decide to do some challenge and just make the content, just grind, just be consistent and not worry about it. And then the quality can suffer. Yeah. And so it's a really difficult balance to find. And it sounds like you have a good kind of strategy to deal with that. Would you say that you struggle more with one over the other, like more with attention to detail and maintaining the quality or more with perfectionism? Um, uh, with blog content, I think perfectionism, I think I, it's like, "Ah, it's not good enough. And I keep working on it. Um, I've been doing this long enough that I, and I've worked with enough people that I, don't think I struggle with it to the extent that a lot of bloggers do. I see a lot of people that get paralyzed by it and spend way too long. I can still write and publish a blog post in one or two hours, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I can't, but I will sometimes be like, Oh, but I want, I want my own photo for this one. And then, 
you know, I don't publish it because I'm waiting for the opportunity or I'm going and I'm literally spending hours setting something up for one picture uh-huh. and it's ridiculous. Um, it's like put in a stock photo for now and I'll replace it when I have the opportunity to take a better photo. That would be better. Um, and so I, I do lean that way with video content. For some reason, I don't struggle with perfectionism. Um, but I also don't think I've had the problem where I'm just like, let's make so like, let's make a bunch. I don't care. Just put anything out there. Yeah. I, that's, I've never been okay with that. So I probably struggle more with perfectionism than, than the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but with video for some reason, well, okay. I, I think I know why this is, this is why, because I would have just like every normal person, but the first videos I filmed and put on YouTube, I did not have control of. So I started working with Jim on income school and he's like, let's go make a YouTube video. And we sat down in his office and he had this set up with multiple cameras and he had a little switchboard so he could switch between camera angles during the video. Um, we later got rid of that and just recorded on a cell phone for a while. But, um, so he set that up and we started going and the audio was feeding into it. It was just basically everything was feeding in. And so we record this video for like 20 minutes and I was like, cool. Well, that was, that was interesting. Awesome. Well, so like, what's the process now? Like you edit these and stuff. He's like, nope. And there he was and he uploads it to YouTube. Oh, no. And I'm just like, what? And that was how it was for a long time with Jim. We did not edit videos. It was like, we record what we record. And if it wasn't good enough, okay, maybe we'll do a second take. Wow. It was very much, um, for years even, it was very much like, we'll trim off the front and end if we need to, because you have to push the button. And then when we started doing some kind of fun intros, those were more edited, but the video itself, very few cuts until we'd probably been doing YouTube for at least a couple of years. And so I think that cured me of that because it's just like, well, the channel grew and it worked. So I, maybe it just doesn't have to be perfect. And maybe people like hanging out with real people. Yeah. You know, you were able to see the benefits Right. And see that it can work and get over that all those hurdles of being on camera. <laughs> and yeah, that's really interesting. That's awesome. Good experience that yeah. it started out that way. And so it now was you not know comfortable though. No, I bet it was not uncomfortable and that will help cure you. That's like, it's like what they do in like therapy. It's like if someone has a really bad phobia, the only mm. way to cure it is exposure therapy usually under a controlled environment. This was not a controlled environment, <laughs> but, but I also didn't have a legit phobia. I was just uh-huh. a normal person who doesn't want to be on camera. Yeah. But um, you're thrown into the deep end of, right. you're going to have to tolerate no edits. Yep. And you didn't even plan most of the content yourself or did you? No, it was more like, here's the topic. At least the first few, Jim was like, I think we should make a video about this. And we would and be like, okay, cool. And we'd spend 15 minutes kind of like, these are kind of the bullet points. And then we'd have a discussion and that was it. Interesting. And then over time it turned from a discussion to more of a presentation. But even so, like every video I filmed with Jim, in most cases, it was never more than bullet points. Wow. Kind of like a podcast. Kind of like a podcast. So as far as the input, what do you think the biggest challenge will be? What are you most worried about? If you had to guess what'll make you hung up on not the results, but on the input, yeah. what do you think? What are your predictions on what's going to make it the hardest? I think it's going to be making sure that 
um, we get the videos from recording through editing. So we don't, we have two editors, one and a half sort of, right? Because Andrea, she works um, part-time. So, and they basically stay busy with Income School Channel Makers, the normal stuff. And so um, they're going to edit no more than half, but probably much less than that of the videos. So I'm going to be doing most of them and I'm going to be keeping the edits very simple. But making sure that I put in the time to edit that many videos and a video every single day, um, basically, filming and editing. Um, I mean, I have a little head start on filming now. Like, it wasn't like, you know, the challenge wasn't 30 days. It was like, you know, 50 days. Mm-hmm. To, to you have a little to, bit of B-roll. So I had, I had this, I had, you know, some video that now that I've I've recorded in the first 17 days of the challenge. Um, and so it's not record and edit a video every day, but still like, it's a lot of work to get done in a day, especially because, you know, I don't get to stop doing the normal work I have to do here. I'm still creating content for income school channel and channel makers. I'm still, um, doing a lot of work with project 24. I did a mastermind today for project 24 members. The normal running of the company isn't stopping. And so it's a little bit akin I won't say totally because I do have resources here. I have cameras, I have the computers and stuff. So it's not quite like those people who are listening. Most people who have a full-time job, they're busy and then they have to literally use family home time to do all this. Um, It's not quite that, right? Yeah. But it's more like that than most people probably think it is. I will be editing videos in my evenings at home. Like there's no other way I'm going to get it all done. Yes. So that's, that's going to be the biggest trick is um, like I went through that for a long time. I went through the whole like creating your content in your spare time, in the evenings, all that. I did that. Like I did my dues. I'm supposed to be at the point where I'm full time and I get to work on my blog during the day. But because I do challenges and because I teach blogging and have to start new blogs all the time, I'm, I'm not that. I still have to, <laughs> I still yeah. have to pretend like I'm, like I'm not a full-time blogger and I have to do my job during the day and I have to do my, my challenges. And there are so uh, many things you do. Yes. It's not just come in and have peace and quiet to work on this blog or this channel all day long. I mean, we talk, we've been talking for months here. How how do we free up more of your time so you can work (laughs) on this? And you just, you're frustrated. I think in the same way that people with a day job get frustrated about not being able to work on their content. Like, Oh, I just, there's so much I want to do if I had time for it. It's, it's definitely not that straightforward. Okay, so technically you have filmed a little bit before this. It's not all being filmed, edited, and published in this 30 days. You're right. doing most of the editing and the publishing in these 30 days. But I, I don't know if people are going to say we cheated. Something <laughs> I think is important to know, especially if you're planning on following along with this challenge, anybody that wants to see if they can do a similar challenge to this, I don't think it matters that much. I mean unless you really need the bragging rights. And of course (laughs) we're trying to have it a little bit more stringent because we're doing a challenge Mm -hmm. for this podcast. But if you, you know, get some content filmed ahead of time and then you're still publishing a video every single day for 30 days, well, it doesn't really matter. I think the biggest risk is if you spend so much time procrastinating on the filming that you never start the 30 day challenge And so in that case, I would suggest decide when you're going to start the 30 day publishing challenge, because if you're going to publish every single day for 30 days and you decide when that starts, well, you're going to have to film the content eventually. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a, 
kind of a distinction. And if you're using B-roll that you got six months ago or before you decide to do this challenge, like don't just, you know, tell yourself. I can't use that (laughs) because it was six months ago and I'm doing a 30 day challenge. Some artificial (laughs) restraints. Yeah. We don't need that. Make it easier for yourself if you can. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's already a ton to edit and publish Mm. all of that. So if you're, if you're doing this on your own and you want to, maybe you spend the first 30 days filming and planning and then the next 30 days editing and publishing however you want to break it down. But yeah, no reason to just make it hard on yourself. Yeah. When, I mean, when we came up with this challenge, that was originally my plan was like film in August, edit some of the videos. So I have some ready for September 1st, but then edit and publish throughout the month of September for 30 days. It was originally kind of a 60 day challenge, um, but publishing 30 art, 30 videos in 30 days. Right. Um, and now I'm just, I'm actually shortening it from that. Uh, so I don't know, to me, it's like I ramped up the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> I think you did too. And how much time do you think this is going to take you? I know it's, it's maybe take a minute to think about yeah. because part of the editing, we are going to have the editors here do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the majority of it, you're going to be doing yourself. Right. And then all the planning, all the filming, all the publishing, probably things like embedding some of the videos on the blog. Yeah. Do you have like a ballpark of how many hours this is going to require? Um, the, you know, planning and filming, I've had some videos where it was like, I put an hour into it total, like Mm -hmm. planning and filming. I have other videos where it was basically like a full, almost a full work day because they required a lot of setup. Um, I had some where I used a kitchen setup, so I had to set everything up and then I have to like do all the stuff, even though I'm only going to take 15 minutes of it to make the video out of, I had to do everything. Right. And so I've got a few of those where it was like a full day. Um, the edits, I'm going to try to keep them very simple. And so, you know, one to two hours a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so even if we were to just say, I'm going to spend an average of an hour per video. So let's say if I did half the videos, that means I get two hours per video. I edit, right. Mm-hmm. That's still 30 hours. So that's three quarters of a full work week just on video editing. Uh, if I didn't have like another job to do. Right. And then, um, which you do, (laughs) I do. And then probably one to two hours per video. Most of the time, the, you know, maybe up to six that I do shorts might be shorter where I can just like take one little tiny concept and just do it. Like, even if I have to do like three takes to get it just right. Um, that'll probably be easier. So I don't know, maybe we say, maybe we say it is two hours of video, but man, when you start totaling that up, (laughs) that's 60 hours there. So I've got, that's 90 hours of work. That's more than two full work weeks. Um, in 30 days, in 30 days, when it, even before this challenge, I'm sure you felt like your work weeks are full. They already were completely. So that, yeah. That's what it's going to look like. And that doesn't even account for like uploading them to YouTube, adding, you know, putting on in screens, adding some cards, linking to stuff, writing descriptions, that kind of stuff. So um, definitely going to want to try to streamline as much of that as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, for YouTubers, it's like from the very first video, I'm going to create my default description that's got the important things that are going to be in every video description. Create it the first time. Then you don't have to ever do it again. Then I can just add a little short blurb at the beginning any links that I want. Um, for every video though, I'll 
create a comment for every single video and then pin it to the top so that, you know, I can have a, a pinned comment in every video with whatever links I want or whatever call to action. There's a lot of those little things that a lot of people overlook too. There's a lot of small steps. Yeah. And it's great to automate any of them that you can, even if they feel quick. Yeah. I think that's a benefit of doing a challenge like this is that you get to see just how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully not underestimate it. I think it's easy early on in these projects for the excitement to kind of blind you. You're like, oh, I know it's going to be hard, but I'm yeah. just going to push through. But if you actually start totaling up how many hours it's going to be, and I mean, if you think about how much free time it feels like you currently have, probably like Ricky, you feel like you have practically yeah. none left, right? Mm-hmm. Unless you sacrifice some sleep. right? And so anything you can automate, even if it's a 10-minute task, Mm-hmm. It's going to add up yeah. when you're doing a 30 day challenge or a 60 day challenge, or even if you just have a channel for a year or two, right. it's a huge amount of time. It's not small. Even if the, even if the little task is small to do each time, it really does add up and makes a big difference. And right. it's less, um, less mentally taxing to have to keep track of fewer things and just even motivating yourself to do a little 10 minute task or debating if, does it really matter? Do I need to do it on this one? If it's automated, you don't have to have that battle. You just focus on the important tasks that you have to redo every time mm-hmm. and it makes a big difference. So yeah, I definitely look at what you can automate. Uh, yeah. Descriptions are something we always automate and we'll add, we'll add like a paragraph right. that's unique to every video, but the majority of the description, the links to blogs and other resources disclaimers, things like that are just automatically in the template. So YouTube yeah. puts it on there. When you upload the video, you don't have to worry about it. Um, thumbnails. I think there's some, you might not want to use a template every time because you want them to have variety. But as far as mm-hmm. like branding, I'd say decide on, decide on some fonts. Specific colors and fonts. Yeah. Just decide on it before you publish the first video. That way you can just be consistent every time and not have to overthink it. Yeah. It'll make your branding look better and it'll be, less exhausting to have yeah. to decide every time. <laughs> cool. Okay. Let's talk about um, some predictions for output or, or the results yeah. um, that you can't really control, but just cause it's mm-hmm. fun to predict and then see what happens at the end of this challenge. So what do you think the worst case scenario is on like views, subscribers, things like that? Um, I mean, absolute worst case is like nobody watches a single video, yep. but I don't think that's incredibly likely. Um, we've never had that happen on our channels. Um, and so, you know, worst case scenario, I put out 30 videos, but you know, none of them really do much more than a hundred views in the month period month time period. Um, you know, just people aren't subscribing, you know, maybe end up with like 50 subscribers. Mm-hmm. That's probably to me, I think worst case scenario for this, uh, worst reasonable yeah. outcome. I'd say that's still, uh, to a lot of people would sound. I know they're like, high. that's like, uh, that's like a uh, pretty normal, right? Good day for, yeah. for some people. Yeah, yeah. But you have a lot of experience. So, all right. Best case scenario. Yeah. Um, talked a little about it again. I think best, but within the realm of likely would mm-hmm. be by the end of the, the 30 days, like even hitting that monetization number. I honestly think that we can get, um, even well beyond that over the course of the next few months. But I think within that 30 day period, it would be um, unlikely for most channels to hit that. You know, people do, but they're usually people who like some video for some reason just like takes off. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not expecting that with the kind of content that I'm making. Um, and that's fine, right? Uh, my goals for the channel are not to have a viral video. So I'm okay with that. So I think the best case scenario, but that's within the realm of reasonable likelihood would be being monetized at the end of the month. Uh huh. And, and so do you expect that there still will be a few kind of outliers that do a lot better than the others? Or are you just hoping for consistent views on all of them? I'd love consistent views. I, I expect, um, I expect more of a range, uh -huh. especially during the first 30 days where eventually you get to a point where you have kind of a typical audience, people that watch a fair number of your videos. And so you publish a video and within about a week, they all hit kind of a certain level of views. And then if you go beyond that and some stay a little bit below, but that's pretty typical for our channels, um, especially information first kind of channels. I would say that, um, in the first month on a brand new channel though, because you don't have a standard audience yet, there's going to be a lot where it's like, Oh, well this video did well in search. And so it got viewed more. And so then YouTube pushed it a little further. And so you're just going to have a few that just do better, um, in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say it's easy to look at those and be like, Oh, I'm just going to make more like that. Well, be a little careful with that. So you don't end up stuck making only one type of content. Yeah. Um, the reality is, is at that point, you just don't have an audience yet. YouTube hasn't decided what your audience is or figured out what your audience is rather. And so it's just kind of tied to how they perform often in search or how spreadable they ended up being. Um, it's, I think it's probably better to sort of stick to what you're doing for a little while. Um, and so that YouTube can get a better feel for who your audience should be because then it can settle in on, on, on that. And then you can start kind of improving your content um, based on what's working better and not. Yeah, sure. And there's, there's not as much of a delay as with blogging with blogging. Absolutely. Like you're kind yeah. of stuck with a delay YouTube. Like you said, you could have a video that just blows up for some reason, but if most of the time there still is some delay, even though it can be right. a lot faster than blogging, yeah. it just takes a little while for the algorithm to test your videos and figure out who your audience is and for people to catch on and subscribe. And then and it takes a while for YouTube to see, are people coming back to watch these videos? Are the subscribers loyal? Are they active? Right. Or people who don't subscribe, are they still you know, clicking the thumbnail when they see that you've uploaded a new video? These things take a little bit of time. Yeah. So yeah, 30 days is it's gonna be hard, but it's exciting. Okay, and then what's like the most likely scenario do you think? Oh, you know, most likely is that we have a few videos that get maybe a couple thousand views in that first 30 days. Um, most of the videos get a couple hundred views, maybe in the first 30 days, um, a few that get very few video views, um, probably, I don't know, in the hundreds of subscribers. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that would be likely. I don't think it's, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think we'll do better than that. I think the 30 videos in such a short period of time is going to quickly help YouTube figure us out and start to build some momentum. So, but I've never done anything quite like that before. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of content in a short period of time. So I'm actually really curious to see what happens. Um, but honestly, like if the average views per video within the first 30 days was like 300, maybe I think that would be probably a pretty normal, reasonable outcome. Yeah. Awesome. So let's 
talk for a minute about people who want to follow along. So there's, there's kind of two options here, <laughs> three, mm-hmm. maybe there's, if you want to follow along with us and kind of try these challenges as we do them, I'm sure it's not going to hurt your content. Um, yep. It's a great, great practice. Um, but then, of course, we're kind of doing these challenges so that you don't have to. And so <laughs> if you're listening yeah. and you think you want to wait until after the challenge to hear how it went, hear what we learned, what we do differently, what we do the same, then, of course, we're going to check in on October 21st and even after that because yeah. we're going to keep updating you on how this channel is doing a little bit more long term yeah. than just October 21st. But I'm sure we'll do some kind of like recap around October oh, yeah. 21st. Yep. Um, but for anybody that does want to start this challenge with us today, um, or maybe in the next few days, so they have time for, to prepare, what are some tips you'd give them, some ideas for um, sort of guidelines to follow? Yeah, I would say um, look for some kind of clusters of videos where you can have, um, like I've got some where I'm using the same uh, products like there are a few where I've I've got some products. I'm not spending a lot of money on any of this stuff, but where I can use those same products to make two, three, four videos, and so I can I can release them. They don't have to go out like one after the other. Um, sometimes it makes sense too if you're going to do kind of a like one hub video where you compare them and then individual videos where you talk about each one or whatever. Uh, it can make sense. Put out the hub video and then the other ones. But oftentimes it's just like, these are just related videos um, using those products or talking about their use or whatever. Um, And so they're related. And so I I might just intersperse them over the course of that month. But what that does is it allows me to kind of do one bit of research, um, get to know these, but just find different angles, different things to present. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I'm not talking product reviews. I'm just talking videos using those same kinds of things or or kind of on the same or very similar topics, right? So I can do the prep work, I can film four videos in a row, and then I can just spread them out over the course of that month. Um, So that's a way to kind of simplify this a little bit. So it's not like I need 30 completely unique concepts. It's more like, okay, how could I use this? I There's one where I spent the better part of, or I spent, well, I spent the morning part of the morning yesterday, but then I went back to it in the evening and I got a bunch of footage. Um, but the footage that I got is mostly B-roll. So this is one I've never, I've done, I've never done much of this before where you get a bunch of footage, you cut it together and then you do a voiceover to, to, to show, like to talk about the how to. Uh-huh. So I just have lots of B-roll. Um, and I think it's going to make it easier to make a little bit more tutorial style video where it doesn't have to last as long because I'm just showing little clip, little clip, little clip, and I'm just saying, here's what you do, then do this, then do this. And they don't have to sit and watch me like actually doing it and talking at them while I do it. Yeah, um, I'm doing some of that too. So there's a couple, I'm curious to see how they compare. Uh-huh. Um, but that B-roll that I got from the work I did yesterday, which is work I was gonna do anyway, by the way, this is stuff that I do in my everyday life. And so I just like turned on a camera and got some footage while I was doing it. Um, but, I'm using that for at least two different videos. Um, and one of them is like a product comparison where it was like, well, I'm, I do this already. So I'm just going to try out these other products that other people haven't really reviewed much. I'm going to use them in my normal process and just see how it works. Um, take some notes and stuff. And then I can, 
I have all this B-roll and then later I can stand in front of a camera, talk about the product and be like, I used this the other day for this and then show all this B-roll while I'm talking and kind of voiceover with the B-roll. So I'm not, I didn't film two videos yesterday, but I got so much footage um, yeah. that it'll be easy to make at least two videos out of um, or that I can use the same footage for both of those videos. Right. And probably I could do a bunch more if I really thought about it. Um, I could probably do a bunch more with that footage too. Yeah. And just keeping it organized. Yes. And not just, you know, this is the folder for this one video. This is right. A lot of this is B roll that could work for, for a, a bunch yeah, of videos. Of yeah. And another thing we found and for anybody listening is sometimes it doesn't feel right away. Like there's an obvious way to make multiple videos out of one concept or one, you know, thing you're trying or teaching. But then once you get into the planning if it ever feels like, oh, there's just so much and I don't know what the main point of this video is because I want to talk about this and there's this angle and this direction, that can be a really good opportunity to just yeah. split it up. We do that all the time where we think, man, this video, there's too much in it. So what yeah. if we made it into multiple videos? Um, and that's also a great opportunity to point certain videos to other ones on the watch next screen or cards in the video. Yeah. And then that gets your viewers watching more than one video, which looks really good YouTube. And it's just a win-win in so many ways. That's true. So, so he, that's a really good strategy. If you can get people to go from one video to another, um, YouTube's going to like you a lot more. Yeah. And I, I think it builds a lot of loyalty. If they see yes. your face twice and they enjoy two of your videos, they're a lot more likely in the future to yeah. click on your thumbnails or subscribe or, you know, just be familiar with you and trust you more and all those things we want when we're trying to grow on YouTube. So really hope that you follow along, um, at least with the journey, even if you're not doing this ch challenge right now on your own. Um, and if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on and let us know in there what kind of challenges you'd like to see us do because we really will take them into consideration. Um, we have all kinds of ideas. We're going to, like I said, interview other creators. We might be doing challenges on things like social media or other platforms, yep. um, blogging, different kinds of YouTube channels, challenges, um, all kinds of things. So yeah. please leave us a review. It'll really help us grow this podcast and tell us what you want us to test out because that's what we're here for. And challenges are really time consuming. It's something that we want to do a lot because um, we know how much our audience enjoys them when we do them um, on our other YouTube channels, but they're so time consuming and it's so much work. And so it's really kind of a great, it's a great offer to, to get to suggest what challenge you want to see and have us test it out. Yeah. It's, it's really a big commitment from us that we decided we want to do. We want to do more of that for you, even though it's not the easy route. The easy route is just going back through and talking about past experiences and what we already know. This is kind of the harder, especially more time consuming thing. So take advantage of that, write a review, really appreciate it. Um, and we just can't wait to start this podcast. Thank you for kicking it off. With us.